0: Hi, friends. Before we start the show, we have a quick request for our listeners who are 18 and older. we love your help to make the show even better. So whether you've been with us for years or this is your very first episode, we would appreciate you taking a short anonymous survey. We want to hear from our listeners all over the world, and it will help Brains On be a better and stronger show. So please go to AmericanPublicMedia.org slash survey to complete the survey today. Again, that's AmericanPublicMedia.org slash survey survey. Thank you so much.
1: You're listening to Brains On, where we're serious about being curious. Brains On is supported in part by a grant from the National Science Foundation.
2: Okay, I'm here. You can get started now.
0: Um, hi, I'm Molly and this is Layla. Hello.
2: So nice to meet you. I'm Crystal.
0: Nice to meet you, Crystal. Although I'm a little confused why you're in the studio. We're we're just about to start taping.
2: (sighs) Then I'm right on time. I thought I was late.
0: Um, I um, I was
2: so thrilled when I heard that you were doing an episode all about crystals.
1: Oh, I see your name is Crystal. You bet it is. But this is our time to start taping.
3: Hi there. Sorry, I'm running a few minutes late. So nice to meet you. I'm Crystal. Likewise. Oh, how fun.
1: Two crystals.
0: Hi, um, is this where the crystal taping
2: is? Sure is. Come on in.
1: Let me guess. Your name is Crystal.
2: Oh, wow. How did you know? Crystal. This is Crystal. Hi. And I'm Crystal. Such a pleasure.
0: Come on in, Crystal. Oh, good. You were expecting me. Sorry I'm late. Hi,
1: everybody. Hey, Crystal. Hi, Crystal.
0: Crystal, this is Crystal, Crystal, and Crystal.
1: What a treat. Hi, is this the studio? It is indeed. Welcome, Crystal. Thanks.
2: Wait, wait, wait. Hold the door, hold the door. Here I come.
1: Oh, thanks.
2: Hi, I'm Crystal. Crystal. Crystal Hi, Crystal. Crystal. Hi, Crystal.
0: In case you've lost count, we're now at six Crystals. It's starting to feel really crowded. On Crystal... Is my Aunt Crystal in here? Now we are really off the rails. You might as well come on in and look around. Oh, thanks. If your Aunt Crystal isn't in here, we have several possible substitutes.
4: Aunt Crystal! Auntie Crystal!
0: Are you in here? Oh, hi! So, How are you guys doing? Too. Oh, my God. oh
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, Should we tell them this Crystal's episode isn't about them? Not sure
0: they'll listen, but I do know one surefire way to get the episode started. Play the theme music you're listening to brains on from apm studios i'm molly bloom and my co-host today is layla from kalamazoo michigan hi layla hi and today we're taking a look at crystals
1: but not humans named crystal right more like the shiny see-through rocks sorry crystals it's I totally, totally
0: get it. It.
5: Worry, oh, it's no worries no problem Don't fine
0: So, Layla, what got you interested in crystals?
1: Well, I just really like how, like, shiny they are, and I haven't learned a lot about them in school yet, but I see books about them, and I get them in library and stuff, and I just really think they're really cool and pretty. They are. I agree. So, is there a color of crystal that you like a lot? Ooh, I like
0: pink. Like, pink and purples. So, why do you think humans are so fascinated by crystals?
1: Maybe just because they're shiny and a lot of people like shiny things.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. I'm always distracted by shiny objects myself. You wrote in with a great question about crystals.
1: Do you remember what it was? I wondered how crystals form and where did they come from?
0: It's a really wonderful question. And actually, the way crystals are formed is what makes them special and different from ordinary rocks. Crystals are made of atoms. Those are the tiny chemical building blocks that make up everything around us. And in lots of materials like plastic or concrete, the atoms are just jumbled up. But when something crystallizes, all of its atoms link up in special order that repeats over and over, not a jumble at all. We asked Brains On producer Manika Wilhelm to look into what makes a crystal a crystal for us. So she'll be here in just a moment.
1: Oh, while we wait, I should show you this app I use. It's called Crystal Clear. You tell it a material and it tells you if it's a crystal. Check it out.
0: Oh, wow, the app has a soundtrack? Okay, how about um, okay, that purple see-through gemstone? It's called Amethyst.
6: That's a crystal. Amethyst is actually a purple form of quartz.
1: And now how about salt?
6: That's a crystal. So is sugar. So fun to put those little crystals in it on your food.
0: Hmm, let's try something a little more out there. How about amber? You know, that golden clear stone?
6: No, not a crystal. It is see-through, but it's a fossil. Its atoms don't follow any order or rules.
1: What about a pearl? No.
6: Well, kind of. It's stacks of little crystals, so it's not one crystal. It's bunches of crystals. So
0: not all of the stones we put in jewelry are crystals.
1: And there are crystals in ordinary things,
3: too.
6: That's right.
3: Yoo-hoo. Molly, Layla? I'm here to charge up our crystal knowledge. Is uh, someone else here? Hi, Monica.
0: We're using this cool app Layla uses to see what's a crystal.
3: I'm an app. Oh, perfect. Because I brought along two of my favorite crystals. One you might expect, ooh, a diamond. That's a crystal. And one you might not. A pencil.
6: It's lead is a crystal.
1: Wow, that app is spot on. Yeah, but it's probably time to close it for now.
6: Goodbye.
0: It's so interesting that all these different looking things can all be crystals.
3: Yeah. It turns out crystals are defined by their insides and not their outside shape or color. I asked Joya Cooley to tell us about crystal insides. She's a chemist at California State University Fullerton.
2: Yeah, I wish there were some way that we could, like, zoom in super far so we could see
0: what
1: was going on. Oh, there is a way. The zoom ray.
2: That's
0: right. Our patented handy-dandy device that lets us shrink down to any size. We keep it in the studio for exactly this reason.
3: It's ready. Oh, how awesome. So let's check out this diamond first. Sure. We'll just zoom on down to the size of an atom. Okay, so at this scale, we're smaller than the tip of a needle, smaller than a tardigrade, we're smaller than any of the cells in the human body, we're smaller than bacteria and viruses, and way tinier than DNA. We are so tiny that if we walked up to a small sized grain of sand, it would feel like we were walking up to a really giant shopping mall. And that means We're small enough to see the structure of this diamond. It's atoms. Whoa,
0: it never stops being amazing to see the building blocks of the universe up close like this.
1: Yeah, so I see a bunch of circles all stacked together.
0: Yeah, the diamond has kind of like, kind of like a 3D honeycomb thing going on.
2: That's a great way to describe it. All a crystal is, is a regular repeating pattern of something.
3: And these atoms are made of a chemical called carbon. They're bonded together in a super organized way.
2: So you get this really cool 3D structure where it goes up and down, left and right, and front and back, basically.
0: She's right, it's the same pattern in all
1: directions. And it repeats over and over and over, over. again and over, again. over again, again, again.
3: If we hop over to our pencil now and check out its lead at the same scale. <laughs> This material, the pencil lead, is called graphite. Whoa, it's made of all carbon atoms, too, just like the diamond. Good eye. But the atoms in pencil lead are arranged in a really different shape than the diamond. Now, the carbon atoms are forming six-sided rings, hexagons.
1: Oh, they look like on a soccer ball, the shapes that are white. And then those six-sided rings attach
0: side by side to form a flat blanket of hexagons.
1: Again,
2: it's still carbon, but There isn't really an up and down to it. So that's why graphite is great for pencil lead because it's just got this sort of sheet-like structure. It comes off in sheets when you're writing. So that's actually what happens when you're writing.
3: It's crystal sheets sliding onto your paper every time you use a pencil. But diamonds are also crystals and they're made of the same atoms as pencil lead. And writing with a diamond would not work.
1: So just being arranged in a different crystal pattern makes these two really different materials.
3: Yeah, and some crystals also form from multiple kinds of atoms, and groups of atoms, too. There are lots of different kinds of crystals, and they're made of all kinds of stuff. But the one thing that they have in common is that they're built with this very organized repeating pattern. Cool. Okay, I think we're ready to zoom back out and talk about how these crystal shapes form. So in a crystal, the atoms are all bonded together in their nice pattern. They're solid. But lots of crystals, like quartz, for example, start out as atoms floating in a liquid. Whoa, like atoms dissolved in water? Yeah, in some cases. Other times, quartz forms from rock that's so hot it's liquid. That's called magma. And when the atoms that make quartz are floating around in a liquid, they're not all bonded together. They're floating free. But if they bump into each other, some of those atoms will stick together, and then more atoms will stick to those atoms, kind of like how when you're making a snowball, more and more snow will stick to the outside of your snowball. And when atoms that form crystals stick together, they bond in an ordered pattern. They're more stable that way. So they kind of, it's like they want to be that way. It's kind of like sitting in a chair. Like, you could walk up to a chair and sit on the backrest or on one of the arms. But you might fall over, and then you'd have to find a new place to sit. Right. Your best bet is really just to sit in the butt part of the chair. Some atoms just fit together the way the butts fit in chairs. There are places they can sit together comfortably, and that ends up creating a pattern. Okay, so crystals
0: form as atoms bond together in a comfortable chair-butt situation over and over and over.
3: Right, and the way atoms bond together often depends on temperature. For example, if rock juice is really hot, all the atoms inside of it are bouncing around a lot. They're moving too fast to find good ways to bond. So when they start to cool
2: down, then that's when they can find their buddy and say, OK, I'm really stable if I just sit next to you in this particular arrangement.
3: But there are other ways that crystals form, too. Like, if you think about the way that salt crystals form from salt water— salt bits bump into each other and bond as water evaporates into the air. So that's almost like the atoms that make salt are splashing around at a pool party, but the pool is drying up and getting smaller, so the atoms are bumping into each other more. And when they bump into each other, they can bond and form these neat little cubes, and those cubes are salt crystals. And they'll keep bonding into that same structure as long as there are atoms available to bond. So, like,
2: a salt crystal would stop growing if it couldn't find
3: another cube to
2: stack on top, basically.
3: So the atoms that make crystals often find each other in a mix of other chemicals, but they bond together in these really specific ways, so they form patterned structures. So organized. I know. (laughs) Oh, speaking of organized, that's my personal happiness monitor letting me know I have a happiness-inducing activity scheduled right now.
0: A happiness-inducing activity?
3: Yep, I organize my day around little tasks to make me happier. And wow, my current activity is to eat some great crystals, sugar and chocolate, in the form of freshly baked cookies. I'll be right back.
1: Bring some back, won't you?
0: While Maynika munches on cookies, let's have our ears munch on the Ready for the mystery sound, Layla? Yes. All right, here it is. Okay, Layla,
1: what are you thinking? Maybe in, like, some kind of factory or, like, kind of a car slowing down on its brakes really slowly.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like both of those thoughts. Well, we will hear it again, give you another chance to guess, and hear the answer in just a bit.
1: Do you knock on wood? Or avoid stepping on cracks? Maybe you kiss a four-leaf clover before a big test?
0: Or you always wear your lucky podcast socks in the studio, even if you forgot to wash them? Or maybe that's just me. Anyway, we're doing an episode all about superstitions, and we want to know...
1: What superstitions do you have?
0: Record yourself telling us and send it to BrainsOn.org slash contact. You can also send a question like this one.
1: Hi, I'm Tamara, and I'm from Mexico, but right now I'm living in Ecuador. And my question is, why does sugar taste sweet? We'll answer that question at the end of the show, just after the credits. Don't miss it. And keep listening.
5: Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org slash academy. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start.
0: Listening to Brains On, I'm Molly.
3: And I'm Layla. And I'm Manika, with a plateful of warm cookies. Mmm, so good.
0: Mmm, delicious sugar crystals. Mmm, you know what these crystals need, though?
3: Milk? You read my mind. Go, 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 go. Oh, look, it's calculating my new happiness quotient. Wow! Sharing those cookies with you all added 8% more happiness to my day. Self high five! Now, where were we? We were
1: talking about the atoms that make crystals all crystally.
3: Right. But when we typically think of crystals, it's not atoms or even salt or sugar or graphite that we think of, it's shiny rocks. Shiny rocks. Exactly. Crystals, like diamonds, for example, are famous for their glistening, shimmery surfaces. In fact, we've gotten some questions about
0: that.
1: My name is Mason from Westernville, New York, and my question is, where do crystals get their shine? Hi, my name is Wren from Santa Barbara, California. My question is, why are crystals shiny and
3: how do they form? Well, it's a little different for every crystal. Not all of them are that shiny unless you polish or cut them. So like for that diamond I brought, which, by the way, I'll need that back, Molly. That's shiny in part because jewelers have cut it to have flat, reflective surfaces. And those nice, flat, reflective surfaces are great at bouncing light back into our eyes, making shine. But also, some of the light goes into the diamond and bounces around inside of it, and then comes back out and hits our eyes, and that makes sparkly brilliance. Let's take a moment to stare at that shine and brilliance, shall we? Oh... Ring. Ooh, that made me 2% happier. I'm on a roll. Now, to understand how crystals in nature get their slick shine and cool colors, you probably need to ask a geologist, which
7: I did. Yeah, my name is Marisa Acosta, and I am a PhD in Earth Sciences, and I grow crystals in the lab to try and understand how they grow in nature.
3: Marisa is a researcher at the University of Lausanne in Switzerland. She says that crystals in nature also grow long, flat surfaces that reflect light. And remember how I said that some crystals first start as atoms in a liquid? Oh yeah, that was right before you went to get your cookies. Right. Well, Marisa says the slower these bits form into crystals, the bigger the flat surfaces they grow, and the more shiny and impressive they become.
7: So if you cool a crystal really, really, really slowly, then you have... A lot of time for that crystal to push out impurities and to sort of form the most beautiful shape that it can form. But if you grow a crystal really, really quickly, then it doesn't have time to form itself into the, you know, sort of most beautiful version of itself that it would if it had all the time in the world. And you end up with a lot of poorly formed crystal faces. So they don't have those nice flat surfaces that glint in the light.
0: Oh, so that's why I am also very slow in the mornings. I am forming into the most beautiful version of myself for that day.
1: Sure. But what about all the cool colors? Diamonds are usually white, but they're also red crystals, purple crystals, blue ones.
3: Right. Crystals are truly the skittles of rocks. The cool colors come from minerals in the crystals. And sometimes, even small amounts of a mineral in a crystal can change its color. For instance, you know when we talked about quartz before? Yeah. quartz is a classic crystal, and it's just made of two things, silicon and oxygen. Its structure is one silicon atom for every two oxygen atoms, so we call it silicon dioxide. And normally, it's clear. But Marisa says if a third thing sneaks in, the color changes dramatically.
7: If you have silicon dioxide and it grows in the presence of iron, then you can incorporate those iron impurities into the crystal lattice in teeny tiny amounts, like... 50 iron atoms per a million quartz atoms, and you can get this nice purple color. And it changes the way that the crystal reflects and scatters light, and that's responsible for the color change.
1: Oh, right, purple quartz is called amethyst.
3: I learned that from my app. You're
6: welcome.
3: And sometimes you have tiny crystals that grow inside of a crystal, and that can change its color too. Crystals in crystals? Yeah. These are called inclusions. Think of it like those cookies we ate. The cookie part was like the main crystal, and the chocolate chips were the inclusions. So if you have a crystal like quartz, it's clear normally, but if it grows with little chocolate chips of a crystal called hematite inside of it, which is basically rust, then the quartz goes from clear to red. Cool color achieved. Sweet. Yeah, and one of the coolest things about crystals... Besides being super pretty. Oh, of course. But also... Everything about a crystal helps tell a story about how it formed. That means its shape, its size, those traces of other elements, and the crystals inside of the crystals. They all give us clues. With enough detective work, scientists like Marisa can use a crystal to piece together the very history of our planet itself. From these teeny tiny crystals, I can tell you about
7: something that happened over a million years, 50 million years ago, at you know super deep down in the earth in the mantle maybe and you know sort of start to unravel these bigger picture stories of plate tectonics and supercontinent cycles and you know, the formation of the earth those types of things are the things that i'm really interested in using the crystals to figure out
0: wow i guess they are more than just their good
3: looks who knew i knew i love crystals That is a very chatty app you have there. I know. I'm actually not sure how to turn it off. Oh, totally fine. Anyway, I just love thinking about all the stories hiding in crystals. Ancient history packed inside of a shiny rock. (laughs) Whoa! Contemplating the vast history of the Earth raised my happiness by a whole 12%. Well, thank you for sharing all that with us. Yeah, thanks. No problem. Now, I gotta go. I promised all those human crystals I would show them around Brains on HQ. It's the least I could do since they came all the way over here. Luckily, giving tours also makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> Bye! Brains,
8: brains, brains.
0: Layla, let's revisit the mystery sound, shall we? Yes! Here it is one more time. Okay, last time you were like maybe squeaky brakes or a factory. Do you have new thoughts about what it
1: might be? Actually, no, because that's all I can think of right now. Squeaky brakes on the brain.
0: I do know that sound. It does sound a lot like that. Well, let's hear the answer.
1: Hi, I'm Maya from Lisa Viejo, California. That sound was my finger turning on the rim of a crystal glass. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so that's do you, cool. can you can you
0: picture that like you know the rim of the glass and you move your finger on it, you know you get yeah. it a little bit wet and it makes that kind of noise. Yeah, I can picture that. Have you done that before? Um actually I don't think so. You should try it. It's pretty it's pretty fun. You got go to go at kind of the right speed and have the right amount of liquid on your finger. And you know depending on how much water is in the glass it'll make like a higher or lower pitch. But I just wanted to tell you to maybe blow your mind. Crystal glasses aren't real crystals. They're just called crystal. So, you know, crystals, weird. yeah, isn't that weird? So crystals have atoms, you know, that line up in that very orderly pattern, but glass, the atoms are totally unorganized. They're all over the place, not like a crystal at all. And, you know, glass isn't even a solid.
1: Weird,
0: yeah. It's what's known as an amorphous solid, which means it's somewhere between a solid and a liquid. That is so cool. Glass, you look crystal clear, but you are actually hiding lots of cool sciencey secrets. And speaking of secrets, let's see what the hoax hunters have unearthed
1: today.
9: I am Sandin, and I am Mark, and we're back with another edition of.
1: Hoax hunters. We like this
9: but we hate
8: getting tricked Yeah We like this but we hate hey, getting tricked yeah. yeah We like this but we, we hate getting, getting tricked mm, We hate getting tricked No we don't like it A hoax is when somebody tricks you into believing something that isn't true and today's hoax is all
9: about Mesoamerican crystal skulls.
8: Say that again.
9: Meso-American crystal skulls.
8: So awesome. Picture the head of a skeleton made out of utterly awe-inducing crystal. Whoa. These
9: mysterious crystal skulls range from milky white To crystal clear And
8: range from the size of a bead to the size of an actual human head Some believe these crystal skulls can give you psychic powers Others
9: think they came from the lost city of Atlantis
8: It's even been said they're proof that aliens landed on Earth thousands of years ago Those are some bold claims
9: Should we be skeptical, Mark?
8: Only if we don't want to get hoaxed, Sandin! Don't get hoaxed! These mysterious crystal skulls first appeared for sale in the 1860s. People claimed they were made by ancient Mayan or Aztec peoples. At the time, everybody wanted to buy cool artifacts because ancient cultures were hot.
9: Yeah, but so was hoaxing. And totally fake artifacts were popping up everywhere. Private collectors and museums didn't want to get tricked into buying fakes. So they relied on the help of experts to determine which relics were real and which were not.
8: Enter Eugene Bobin, a French antiquarian and Mexico obsessive. Bonjour, I am an ancient artifact expert. I'll tell you what's legit and what's a lie. You can trust me, I have a mustache. Boban
9: sold a huge number of relics, including a few crystal skulls. One of his skulls ended up at the famous jewelry store Tiffany & Company in New York, and it was bought by the British Museum in 1897, where it still lives to this day. Yet in
8: 1900, just three years after the skull was acquired by the British Museum, Boban told a newspaper journalist this... Numbers of so-called rock crystal pre-Columbian skulls have been so adroitly made as almost to defy detection and have been palmed off as genuine upon the experts of some of the principal museums of Europe. Which basically means... A bunch of those skulls are fakie, fakie, eggs and bakey. Whoa, 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 whoa.
9: Wait. He admitted there were fake crystal skulls out in the world? Yep. And wasn't he the one who was famous for selling these crystal skulls? Yep. Uh, hey, British Museum, it looks like...
6: You got hoaxed.
9: Hmm. Boban doesn't seem as trustworthy as he claimed to be.
8: Yeah, but a lot of the stuff he sold was real. So some museums continued to show off supposedly ancient crystal skulls. Collectors kept buying them, and the stories kept growing. But
9: folks like Dr. Jane Walsh weren't buying
8: it. She's a specialist in Mesoamerican archaeology and ethnohistory at the Smithsonian. And in
9: 1992, the Smithsonian received a package from an anonymous donor containing a 31-pound crystal skull. The donor claimed it was a relic from the Aztec Empire. But Dr. Walsh
8: wasn't so sure. So she took the skull to Margaret Sachs at the British Museum, and they both examined it with an electron microscope. Turns out the marks and cuts in the crystal were clearly made by modern rotary tools, which were not around in ancient times, but were pretty common in 19th century Europe. Psych, another skull bites the dust. I doff my hoax hat to you, Walsh and sax. You're first rate. <laughs>
9: okay. So what did we learn today,
8: Mark? Just because someone claims to be an expert doesn't mean they are.
9: And if something seems a little fishy, do your research, like Dr. Jane Walsh, because you might just uncover the truth.
8: That's all for today's episode of
3: And here's the studio. Oh, right. This is where we came first. Good old studio. Glad to be
7: back.
1: Medica and the Crystals, you're back. What is that music? Oh, it's Layla's crystal identifying app. A
6: crystal identifying app? Yeah. You're a crystal. I am. You get me. <gasps> How about me? You're a crystal.
2: Me
3: next. me. Pick me.
2: Oh, I'm crystal. Put it on me. Pick pick me. me.
6: She's a crystal, another crystal, that's a crystal, all crystals except Layla and Molly and Manica. They're not crystals.
3: A crystal spotting app spotting a cluster of chipper crystals. This is amazing. Oh my gosh, that's a new record on my happiness meter. Not
6: a crystal. But I'm a crystal. Yes, you are. You're a crystal. I'm a crystal. I'm a crystal. I'm a crystal. crystal. That's accurate.
3: She's a crystal. She's a crystal. crystal.
6: They're not crystals. But we're all crystals. Still accurate. And I'm not.
3: This crystal chaos is such a delight.
1: Crystals often form as pretty rocks, like quartz, but there are other less flashy crystals too, like pencil lead and sugar. All crystals are made of atoms in highly ordered patterns. They bond in those patterns to be the most stable.
0: And the way crystals bond changes their size, shape, and color.
1: Studying a crystal can tell you the story of how it formed.
0: We've got some quick credits coming up next, but then we're answering one more question.
1: Why does sugar taste sweet? This episode was produced by Manika Wilhelm, Sandin Totten, Mark Sanchez, and Molly Bloom.
0: We had engineering help from Alex Simpson. Our executive producer is Beth Perlman. And the executives in charge of APM Studios are Lily Kim, Alex Schaffert, and Joanne Griffith. Special thanks to Billy Egan, Rachel Margolis, Lexi Pratt, Naomi Bloom, Kathy Marescu, Nancy Yang, Vicky Krekler, and Peter Hawkins.
1: Now, before we go, it's time for a moment of... Um. Why does sugar taste sweet? Sugar
4: actually has an OH group on it, which is a special shape on the molecules that make sugar. And that shape interacts with something on your tongue that we call a receptor. And a receptor is made up of two pieces that sit on your tongue. And when that OH group meets that receptor... That receptor tells your brain that something sweet has landed on your tongue. I am Anne-Marie Torak-Rosa, and I am a scientist who studies taste. Most sugars are made up of small molecules that are either called glucose or fructose, and when we string those molecules together, we get all different kinds of sugars that are different shapes and sizes. But since they all interact with that same receptor on your tongue, We think all of them are sweet. We also have artificial sugars, sugars that don't come with calories. And since they have those same groups, they sneak in and they pretend they're sugars. And your brain thinks they're sweet because they have the same groups and interact with that same receptor. There are animals that don't actually taste sweet. So cats don't respond to sweet because their diet isn't reliant on sugars. We evolved to eat fruits and things that are sweet, and so we look for those things and prefer them. The cats eat meat, and, and so they don't need sweetness. Not everybody tastes sweet.
0: Um um, um... There's nothing sweeter than this group of names. It's the Brain's Honor Roll. These are the incredible listeners who send us their questions, ideas, mystery sounds, drawings, and high fives. Landon from Michigan, Mayano and Hugh from Toronto, Lang from Vacaville, California, Fiona from Cincinnati, Dean from Ann Arbor, Michigan, Connor and Delaney from Charlotte, North Carolina, Rory from Pittsburgh, Alaya from Canmore, Alberta, Eris and Ceres from Rio Rancho, New Mexico, Siddharth from Houston, Alexis from Alberta, Regan from Glencoe, Minnesota, Aurelia from Lincolnwood, Illinois, Phoenix from Savannah, Georgia, Ethan, Gabriel, and Isaac from Novi, Michigan, James and Arena from Parramatta, Australia, Adit from Bangalore, India, Jeremy, Zach, Caroline, and Joy from Manila, Philippines, Bryson from Pontevedra, Florida, Ava from Palmer, Alaska. Ella from Macon, Georgia. Jack, Zachary, and Emma from Fullerton, California. Carrie and Maggie from Lowell, Michigan. Everett and Fletcher from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Amy and Olivia from Lincoln, Nebraska. Theo and Paloma from Clinton Corners, New York. Prachi from Brampton, Ontario. Ari and Adina from Columbia, Maryland. Asher from Virginia Beach, Virginia. Matilda and Elliot from Crafton, Pennsylvania. Gabriella from Longport, New Jersey. Sam from Longmont, Colorado. Oliver from Miami. Sawyer from Ocawville, Illinois. Hiroto from Altadena, California. Gwendolyn from Brooklyn, New York, Bjorn from Vancouver, Autumn from Florida, Vita from Holyoke, Massachusetts, Caleb from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, Saki from Vancouver, Lee Jian and Lee Ning from Bangkok, Thailand, Alex from Hillsborough, New Jersey, Sophia from Reno, Nevada, Bennett and Harrison from Boulder, Colorado, Wyndham from San Luis, Obispo, California, Emily from Ann Arbor, Michigan, Lucy from Glendale, California, Wesley from San Diego, Jariella from Warren, Massachusetts. Miriam from Santa Rosa, California. Charlie from Los Angeles. Mercer from Shoreline, Washington. Tula from Los Angeles. Jacob from Sugarland, Texas. Aria from Naperville, Illinois. Owen and Lucas from Mount Joy, Pennsylvania. Kane from Oak Park, Illinois. Ezra and Cora from Bolivar, Missouri. Ben and Charlie from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Anna and Elena from Brooklyn, New York. Finn and Audrey from Burnaby, British Columbia. Uzziah from Marietta, California. Jack and Craig from Clifton Park, New York. Lauren and Madeline from East Garafraxa, Ontario. Khadija and Kasim from San Carlos. Carlos, California, Zoe from Santa Barbara, California, and Finley from Edmonton, Alberta. Brains On on. will be back soon with more answers to your questions.
6: That's accurate. Thanks for
9: listening.